0: Good evening. Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but you can't spell Valentine's without Lent. Um, And so tonight is Ash Wednesday. If you are brand new with us and you're just checking us out, this is something very different from what we normally do on our Sunday morning services. But Ash Wednesday is the beginning of Lent, which is a season of journeying with Jesus to the cross. Uh, And because of that, it is a time where we allow the Holy Spirit to come and to look inside our hearts. It's an intentional time that the church created to allow for us to be searched by God, that we might listen to him. And so some of of us give up things, Um, you know, maybe social media is distracting, so we give that up for Lent in order to, To hear God's voice more clearly. Or maybe you give up something that you love uh, in order to hunger for God as much as you might hunger for chocolate or something along those lines. Um, Some of us might add things in. Like I want to spend a little more time in prayer. Again, in hopes of hearing from God about our lives. And this service is created to begin that process. To begin with a time of recognizing who we are, that time is limited, um, that we are not invulnerable or infinite without the the life of God within us. And so there are some symbols that we'll look at tonight. One will be ashes uh, that will be placed in the the form of a cross on your forehead. Um, And there's nothing magical about it. It's just a way ashes were typically a symbol of remorse or mourning or grieving. It's also a way of looking at our, uh, the the ways that sometimes our plans, if they're not God's plans, turn into ash uh, over time. In fact, the tradition is, is that you burn the palm fronds from the previous year's Palm Sunday to become the ashes, to say that sometimes our intentions might be good, like the palm fronds on Palm Sunday, but maybe my, uh, my attitude or my hope for that was not in line with what God had in, in mind for us. And so it, it turns to ash. Um, it's also a way of just humbly saying, this is who I am. I'm human. I'm limited. I'm in need of the work of God in my life. Uh, we also will take communion tonight. Uh, to remind us that we receive from God and we, God is a God who longs to go on this journey with us and give us everything we need for that journey. I want to let you know right up front, if you are not a member of this church or the Church of the Nazarene, um, but you are a Christian from another tradition, you're welcome to take communion with us tonight. Um, We practice open communion. All we require is that you're hungry for the Jesus that we talk about tonight in this service. And then lastly, there's oil for healing. That some of us come into this journey already acknowledging and knowing that we're broken. And so you're welcome to come and in a moment we'll have uh, someone over here who will just anoint you, which is just a symbol, Uh, it's just regular olive oil, but... Um, we believe that God takes ordinary things and uses them for extraordinary purposes. All of those and the singing and the scripture reading and the prayers that we'll do, they are all an invitation. You are welcome to be a part of that and to participate. But no one is forced to do anything. Okay, If you just want some time to be quiet and hear the scriptures read and hear the songs sung um, and watch everybody else do Uh, these things, then you're welcome to do that as well. I'm just glad that you're here. We're going to take just a moment in silence, and then Pastor Ray is going to come and lead us in a corporate prayer here in just a moment. Thanks for being here tonight.
1: prayer with me almighty and everlasting god you hate nothing that you have made and forgive the sins of all who repent create and make in us new and humble hearts that we may receive from you the god of all mercy perfect forgiveness through jesus christ your son our lord who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: Would you stand and sing this? Come now, fount of
2: every blessing. to our heart to sing thy grace. Dreams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet. Sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it. Mount of thy resource. Feel it for thy court
0: above. let sing that one more time. hold oh, to grace
2: how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to thee Let thy goodness like a feather Bind my wandering Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above.
0: be seated. Joel 2,
3: one through 1-2, 12-17. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes. Such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity who knows he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing grain offerings and drink offerings for the lord your god blow the trumpet in zion declare a holy fast call a sacred assembly Gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? We'll take a moment now to reflect and listen to God.
1: do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites. Well, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us take a moment to reflect and listen to God. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 through chapter 6 verse 2 be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God as God's co-workers we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain for he says in the time of my favor I heard you and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Please take a moment to reflect and listen to God.
0: As we've said, the season of Lent is a season. It goes between now and uh, and Easter. And so um, we typically pick a chorus to sing that invites us into what Lent is all about. And this year, um, I want to teach you this chorus. It's simply called Make Room. That we're making room for Christ to come in. That's part of what this season is all about. That's part of what giving up something or adding something in is all about. That we would make room for Jesus. And this is one of those songs we sing to the Lord, not just about the Lord. So we have that in there, you. I'm going to sing it, and then, uh, then we'll sing it together a few times. And then I'm going to teach you the, the bridge of the song. Um, which is also part of what this is all about. It says, shake up the ground of all our traditions. Tear down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. And so I want to sing this for you. And then once you've got it, you can sing along. And I will make room for
2: do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, pretty simple. Sing along. We'll make room for you. To do whatever you. You want to, and I will make room for you. Do whatever you want to, do whatever you want to. to you want to. got to sing it out. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want. I will make room for you. Do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. Do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. One more time. And I will make room. you want to to do whatever you want to i'll make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to all
0: right here's the bridge
2: shake up the ground above my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Sing with me. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break up the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. Your way is better. And I will make room. Do whatever you want to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you to so do whatever you want to do whatever you want to and I'm coming back to the heart of work. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus.
3: You read this aloud with me. It's Psalms 51, 1 through 17. You ready? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Take some time to listen and sing.
0: A few years ago, I was away on a retreat. And I was um, reading a book that dealt a lot with one of the ancient prayers of the church. It's very simple. It just says, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And uh, as I was out running uh, later on that day, it was just like in the midst of the run, um, the kind of melody of this song just kept coming into my heart, and... Uh, Words were there, so I turned it into a song. We sing it usually on Ash Wednesday during the season of Lent. It's just the words of those prayer, and then what I believe Christ says to anyone who prays that prayer. So we'll we'll sing it, and you'll you'll pick it up. Lord Jesus Christ,
2: Son of God. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me a sinner. We'll sing that again here now that you got it. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy. Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner.
0: Sing it one more time. Remember, He is here. We're singing this to Him. Sing this. Lord Jesus
2: Christ, Son of God.
0: Amen. Um. Not only start a new season, but we start a new series that I think really ties along. I, I've told you I take a retreat every year, uh, just after Easter, kind of get through all of the wonderful celebration and joy, and I'm exhausted at the end, and I go away for a retreat to pray, to talk with the Lord, to read the scriptures, and to plan for the next year of what I feel like God is going to take us through. Um, that changes from time to time as the Lord leads, as things happen, but this is one of those series that I really felt like God was saying, during Lent, let's, let's look at this teaching of Jesus. It's the, the final teaching of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, and so if you want to read along an electronic Bible, it'd be hard to read your paper Bibles uh, there in this lighting. But uh, this is the, the last block of teaching. Matthew has Jesus give five great teachings to show that he was greater than Moses who wrote the five books of the law. And this one is the one that deals with what I believe is very tricky about some things, about sin, about our uh, egos, and things along those lines. And so we're going to begin to look at these seven woes that Jesus teaches in this final teaching. Now, it is against the Pharisees and the scribes, and some people think he was mad at them, but we have to remember that Jesus wanted the very best, and we're going to see this in our scripture tonight. Jesus saying some very difficult things for us and for people to hear in his day and age, but really go along with this season of will we submit our lives, all of our life, to God to look at, to examine, to coach and to give us the strength to change, to change us from the inside out. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn, we're going to be for this entire season in, the, in the chap, Matthew chapter 23. So I want you to hear the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in honor of the gospel being read, would you stand wherever you are? If you're online, thanks for joining us. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi. For you have one teacher and you all are brothers and sisters. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response as always is. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My father-in-law is very into cars. Um, and uh, this is one of his cars. Um, I believe he still has this car. This is, believe it or not, a Vega. Anybody remember Vegas? <laughs> this is a Vega, Vega dragster. And it runs on airplane fuel. Uh, I'm not kidding. Like he has to drive it to their little airport to get gasoline in order for it to drive this vehicle's engine. And, uh, and it's a hobby of his. He enjoys, and he takes car, this car, uh, and I think he's had a couple others in the past, and he takes them to car shows. And, you know, it's just a place where you go and you set up, and people, you know, know about it, and they drive by, and they've brought their cars and all this kind of stuff. Well, one time, when Jackson was probably about five years old, I think, he and Grandpa got in this car with its five-point harness seatbelts, and went to a car show. And they were there at the car show and standing outside. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up and starts talking to my father-in-law about this car and then begins to go into the process of telling him what he had done wrong with this car and what he should have done with this car. It would have been better if you had done this or that and just really just telling him all the things that were wrong with the car and what he should have done. And all of a sudden, little innocent five-year-old Jackson who really meant this as sincerely as a five-year-old can mean it, looked up at the guy and said, So where's your car? (laughs) And the guy literally put his head down and just walked away. Didn't say another word. In some ways, this passage is like that little innocent five-year-old Jackson saying, Where's your car? Jesus has looked and has had some encounters with these scribes and Pharisees who want to tell everybody else what they're supposed to do so that their heart can be right with God. And Jesus, I believe, passionately, gently, but really meaning it, said, So where's your car? Where's your heart? You like to tell other people what they should do with their heart. But where's yours? And Jesus, because he's Jesus, begins to point out. And I was trying to figure out the right word to use here. Lori, help me with this. That he understands that sin is Weasley. Now, I don't, I don't mean that redheaded kid from the Harry Potter books. But it just has this ability to weasel its way into our lives even when we want to do the right thing. We can do the right things, but we can do them for the very wrong reasons. We can do the right things, but we can do them with the wrong attitude. And Jesus sees this in the scribes and the Pharisees wanting to tell everybody else what they're supposed to do, but not doing it themselves and not even providing help For the ones who they're telling to do this. Now, Jesus doesn't say that the scribes and Pharisees are bad. In fact, he pays them a great compliment. He says in verse 2 that they sit in Moses' seat and you should be careful to do everything they tell you. I mean, this is a big compliment. To say they sit in Moses' seat means that they are teaching the tradition that has been handed down through millennia by that point from Moses and Aaron all the way to whoever the rabbi, the scribe, the Pharisee is in that time. This is a big compliment. But he's not going to let them off just because they stand in Moses' seat or sit in Moses' seat. He's going to ask them, where is your heart? And I think he points out two ways where sin has weaseled in For the scribes and the Pharisees, and I think if we're honest and we listen in as well, we might find ourselves here. I know I did. Number one, the scribes and the Pharisees, they do their deeds to appear holy. They want to appear holy. In fact, they want to appear holier than you, or we used to say holier than thou. And one of the ways that Jesus brings up is he says that their phylacteries are broad, and I'm sure everybody here knows what a phylactery is. You don't? Okay, let me show you. This is a phylactery. Now, where do these come from and what is this about? It's that little thing that he's wearing that looks like the world's tiniest top hat. It is actually a small box made out of leather. And the person will put a scripture verse, part of the law of the Jewish teachings, in that to have it on their forehead. Because they take very literally the Shema, that they should write these things down. They also have prayers that they wrap around their arms when they do this. It is there to, say, to signify something. It's to remind the person to obey the law and you're supposed to wear it for your morning prayers. But Jesus is saying, wait a minute. They're wearing these out in public. Everywhere they go, they're wearing them. And they're making them wider and bigger so that it looks like they are keeping and obeying more of the law than just you ones that have the normal-sized phylacteries. This is, it's good to want to have the reminder That is good. But when we make them bigger and make them stand out more in order to appear more holy, then it's not so much the best thing. And Jesus says, maybe sin has weaseled its way into that place. Number two, we read in verses six and seven, they want the place of honor. They want the status of the title. They want all of that. And that's really why they're doing a lot of this. They want the, the honor of place and of title. The, the title, I want to I jump on that. I think we all understand the honor of place, of being in the best seat in the building. Last night, Lori and I went to a little concert up in Grand Rapids, and We came in and we felt like we had the best seat. It just feels good when you can see why you're there. But for the title, the one title that Jesus mentions is Rabbi. And in Hebrew, Rabbi literally means my great one. It is your teacher, but it is a title of honor, my great one. So whenever you say, Rabbi, you're saying, my great one, the one that I am learning from, the one that I want to imitate, the one that I want to follow after all my days. And Jesus says that title, or the things that come along with that title, he wants to flip the script. Because he says, the great one, did you see this down here? He says, but you are not to be called my great one. For you have one teacher, and you're all brothers. And do not call anyone father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. But he says, the greatest among you, the great one, the rabbi, will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He says, if you want to be the rabbi, the great one, then serve. That is the best thing. He flips the script. And he brings us back to the heart of his kingdom. And the heart of what the journey of Lent is all about. For us to remember that those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is really what this is all about. This season, Ash Wednesday, is Filled with symbols of humbleness. I I, the, the, I know humbleness is probably not a word, but humility is such a difficult word for us because we think of humiliation. And this is not about humiliation. This is not about making you feel less than human. It is about humbleness. It is about realizing that you are human, and to be human means that you're still growing. You're still God is still working on you, and the good news is God desires to continue working on you and give you everything you need to live into his kingdom as a great one who serves all. Ashes are a symbol of that, of mourning and of humility, of humbleness, moving into this season where we're allowing God to check our intentions, to check our attitude, to check where sin has weaseled its way in. Mourning that that sin can be so weasley, that I could do good things for the wrong reasons, like I talked about with the ashes coming from the palm branches. That receiving ashes reminds me of my limitations. Myself, as pastor, I have limitations. I am a human being. And it invites me into this season of humbleness. Asking for prayer for healing is humbling because you're, you're coming to someone else and you're saying, I don't have everything figured out and I need God to touch me in certain places where I can be healed. I may struggle with an addiction. I may struggle with brokenness in a relationship. I may struggle physically and am and in need of healing. And to come and ask someone to pray for God to heal you of that takes some humility. And then receiving communion reminds us of our spiritual need and Christ's sacrificial gift that he gave on our behalf. Lent is a season where we let Christ gently ask us, so where's your car? Where's your heart? Has sin weaseled in? Is there more work to be done? I'm here to do that in you, with you, and for you. So the question is then, will you enter into this season with us? If you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to journey this season and the rest of the seasons with us. But tonight, we're going to pray, we're going to approach the table, and I'm going to give you instructions just after we pray. And like I said, you're, you are invited to participate not forced to participate, okay? And if you may just want to do one or two of the things, or all three, we leave that up to you, but we would love for you to join us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I acknowledge tonight that sometimes even though I want to do the right thing. I may want to do the right thing for the wrong reason or with the wrong attitude. But I trust that you are a good coach. That you are so invested in helping me to find my way to life. Here and now that is full and overflowing. And so we enter into this season where we daily allow you to look at our hearts, to coach us, to heal us, to touch us, to, to provide for us the spiritual nourishment that we need. So take these symbols and once again use them among us to bring us to a place of humbleness, to bring us to a good place being human to take us to a place where we are before you as you know us to be to receive your forgiveness your love and your sanctifying grace for we pray this all in jesus name amen so in just a moment we will have um we'll have stations that are here i'm going to be over on this side um and I'll be doing the ashes. Um, there are ashes in this cup. And I simply will will remind you that from dust you came. And to dust you shall return. To repent and trust the gospel. And I'll make a small cross on your forehead. And, uh, and you're welcome to leave that on as long as you would like. Um, communion will be right here. And as I've already told you, um, as long as you're hungry for the Jesus who longs, for you to be healed, for longs for you to be forgiven, longs for you to enter in, you're welcome to come. Pastor Will will be right here. And as you approach, um, he'll just simply say the words, this is the body and blood of Christ broken and shed for you. Take and eat, take and drink. And there are two cups that you pick up. One has the, uh, the bread in it and the other is the, is the juice just right on top. That's mine. I've already touched it, so I'll put it over there. But you're welcome to do this. Over here, Pastor Ray will be uh, standing and he will have some oil and will anoint you uh, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and you can just go over. The line here, if, if you would just give a little space between who Ray is praying with and him, and then the next person do the same so that if they want to share with Pastor Ray, I want healing in this area. Would you pray for that, that he can do that for them? And there's a little bit of privacy uh, when it comes to that, okay? But in just a second, I'm going to have you stand. And uh, there's going to be a little music playing. And I just invite you, if you want to pray a little bit uh, first, and then come forward to any of the stations you would like to participate in, then you can return to your seat, and we'll have a time of dismissal here in just a few minutes. But stands. And uh, Ray and Will come this way, and we'll, we'll start. It's a good start to the Lent season. I hope you'll join us for each of the Sundays between now and Lent, where we'll be going through the rest of the woes that Jesus offers in order to have people's hearts truly change. It's going to be a great season, and I look forward to seeing all of you there. And join us online if you can't make it here in person. But let's pray and close tonight. Father, thank you. For this season, thank you for the symbols that invite us into your way, which is humble. I pray that you would take this season and all of the practices that people will, will try. May it constantly be that we might know you more, hear your voice loud and clear, experience your love and your grace and your mercy, and be a conduit of that same grace. To those around us, we pray all of these things in the name of the Father who's for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Would you stand now and receive this blessing? My brothers and sisters here and online, may you go and may you hear the voice of Jesus gently talking with you about where sin may have weaseled in to your life. And may your response to him always be, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And hear him say, come home, come home, come home. Go in his name, have a great rest of your evening, and we'll see you on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you.